As Obi-Wan would say, Q. <laughs> now I'm lost. What are you going for? <laughs> I just thought you were going to say, May the force be with you. Oh, like, what does Obi-Wan say? He says, Hello there, but we're leaving, so why would I say that? <laughs> we would be honored if you would join us. There he is. Hey, and we have Josiah. If it was supposed to do the intro, but you know, yeah. <laughs> if anyone's watching, this is your first time. Uh, I'd like to say that this never happens, but it kind of happens often. So, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, bear with us as uh, we continue to do this the same way for about a year. <laughs> I mean, um, I've made adjustments, but you know. Every time there's an update, something else breaks. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so, well, today we're, uh, we're going to be talking about the newest episode of The Mandalorian, which uh, is go going to be episode two or chapter 18, um, as we don't have a title. <laughs> uh, it is nice. We got the title for episode one, which is The Apostate. Very fitting. So uh, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about what happens next in that story as well as later, we're also going to be talking about the Bad Batch. So the newest episode of the Bad Batch, which was um, the Outpost, episode 12. So, yeah, uh, we can start jumping right into the Mandalorian. Well, who else was just ecstatic to see Tatooine at the start of the episode? Like, <laughs> I always love when we we'll go to Tatooine just because we get Pelly. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, and it's it been a week. To Oh yeah, Bunta week. <laughs> yeah. Uh and yeah, that was great. And then like uh the little racing. I I felt like they did that little racing jab around around uh when they first came in in the speeders and they were trying to mm. like maybe it was a jab at everyone calling the the uh speeder bike scene in in Book of Boba Fett that was looked slow. I'm like, and so when you get that, you got that overview, it was kind of like, well, I can't really go much faster. Look how tight that is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, then we get Pally trying to fix the their speeder for the roadie. I, I, I like to think that, you know, she didn't plan for it to be stolen from the Jawas. She just knew where to get the parts, right? Like she wasn't, <laughs> she didn't tell him to go, you know, wreck a speeder so she could sell parts back to him. Mm-hmm. She yeah. just knew where to go for the parts is all. Yeah. And paint them a different color so nobody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paint them a different color so they don't find out. That, that was funny. She's she's one of the funniest characters. And I just, and the, like, the pit droids, push it back out onto the street. <laughs> yeah. And then she, try, and she talks Din into, this is, this is kind of, this whole episode was really interesting to me because I first thought, okay, our side quest is going to be getting IG-11, right? Yeah. First first thing that happens in this episode is like, okay, instead of getting IG-11, we're just going to skip that. That was kind mm -hmm. of the goal, but we're not doing that anymore. 
Yeah. So he gets he gets red five. Also, one thing I wanted to point out. This episode, I feel very vindicated because it proved me right. And I was saying that this season is not going to be just about him getting to the waters and and redeeming himself. Because and mm-hmm. just for the fact of that it happened in this episode, knowing we have a lot more episodes to come, just proved my my entire thought of what was going to happen in this episode. That there's going to be a lot more to the story than just that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's sure. the way they, that's the way all the trailers pointed it out. Like they thought, okay, that's where the point of this uh, season is going to be him trying to redeem himself for taking his helmet off, and that's the way every trailer is oriented our thinking. And we've basically already got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was an amazing episode, just all the way around. I feel like uh, it being less than an hour, but having this much amazing content, that's where I would mm-hmm. like to, if, you know, if we get an episode that's, you know, less than 55 minutes, it's gotta be something like this to just, it's packed. You got you have everything in it. You have the laughs, you know, you, you got, uh, the edgier seat moments, you have like action. It was really good. And then you have obviously like the heart moaning, heartwarming, cute moments, Grogu jumping out, <laughs> force mm-hmm. jumping, out or whatever into her arms at the beginning that was cute and uh yeah obviously uh later in the episode when he's doing everything he can to get to Bo-Katan uh to save Dan is just is awesome too but yeah I feel like this was a super well-rounded episode you feel like you got a lot you got your money's worth for sure out of this episode yeah yeah there there was there was a lot, and it's when I first saw the runtime, and and I'm thinking as I'm watching the episode, oh, they're not going to get to that part. They're going to quit right now. They're yeah. not going to get to that part. And then I'm like, how'd they squeeze so much in in the runtime? What was 44 minutes? Yeah, it, it felt like there was a lot that happened in 44 minutes because mm-hmm. we go all the way from Tatooine to the waters of uh, Mandalore, the living waters of Mandalore. Yeah, you get two different, basically, alien species in this one, too, that you kind of, like, briefly learn about one, and then the other one, you know, the the mysterious one-eye, or whatever, <laughs> at the end, it's, 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 it was such a cool thing that they did, because it was such a big part of the show, uh, but it still had, like, a bunch of mystery that made you want to know more, like, what is this thing or who is this thing? And, you know, why is it there? And has it always been there? You know, like it just left you with a lot of questions too. It was, that was so, I got like goosebumps on something like, no way. Did they just show us that already? And see in episode two, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes. We're going to get to, we're going to, we're going to get to that something about that this season. Yeah. And we're going to, the, the mythosaur, Oh, oh, yeah, and then that, on top of everything else, that just... Yeah, actually, I, I, I know, I can't even believe it. I was like... It blows my mind that, like, let alone that it was, like, implied or inferred that it was there, but then you, like, get to see it as a, like, you know, just, like, the, the beam of the light, you know, which is mm-hmm. awesome that they didn't give it all, but, you know, like, oh, man, that was crazy. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> you basically saw a little bit of its eye and this one side tusk. Yeah. And and I was just like, no. We're 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 there already. <laughs> and then and then then the episode they come up out of the water and the episode just ends and I'm like 
I need more. I need more. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like uh, Kylo Ren. More. Yeah. More. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That, it is crazy. The yeah, it was it was also kind of really interesting because this was almost Bo Katan's episode. Yeah. For sure. I mean, she comes in, I like, she kicks the butt, and, and then she looks over at Grogu and go, what, you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? I know, I love that part. <laughs> it's the best, you know, after she just, like, murked that, you know? Oh, that was pretty sweet. And then well, uh, another thing that it kind of just reminded me of, too, on, on this episode in general, is I I have been hearing and seeing little things about people saying about... um uh, like John and Dave have been saying that we're going to get to see Grogu talk. I haven't like, I don't know if you guys have like watched videos or saw whatever that interview was, but I was, I haven't. And so this one, I'm like, Oh man, maybe there's some, some truth to this because this one multiple times, they made it seem like, Oh, he's trying to say something or, Oh, did he just say that or whatever? So I was like, maybe we are going to get to hear him say some words on this season. I mean, he practically, he practically talked to R5. He said, go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is his first like legitimate? Word Although Pelly, Pelly seemed to think he said Pelly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was his first word, <laughs> Pelly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was that was such a cool moment too. And you know, you're you're getting the payoff from episode one and episode two of Din like you know basically already teaching him how to be a mandalorian the importance of all these different things and then he's he took what he learned being able to you know obviously you know fly the ship navigate know where to go get back you know that's that's pretty awesome and and even uh go ahead you well i was just gonna say that like he's talking about this being bo katan's episode and when you when you see her when she fights the at the Alamites, the the monsters, the creatures in uh Malik in Mandalore, um, you could see that she handled herself better than Mando did when she fought. Yes, him. and mm -hmm. then especially you see her later get the dark saber, which was awesome. But she actually knew how to use it. Unlike even yes. even still, Mando when he tried to use it against the Alamites, he still struggled to use that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's still heavy. It was imbalanced for him. And then mm -hmm. when she got it, it felt it just felt right in her hand. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering if we're either gonna get her training Mando like that, or if she's just gonna gonna take it. Like I, I don't know. I'm I'm torn just because I love her character because we've seen so much of it. Mm -hmm. But I still want her to be the ruler of the Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this being the Mandalorian about Din Djarin that we're probably going to get him as the leader of the Mandalorians. But if we do, if we are, he's going to need some, some training from Bo for sure. Mm. And then which one of them is going to ride the Mythiosaur? You know, <laughs> I have that. Is, you, that is so hard because like, I think like you said, like Bo-Katan is like one of my favorite characters just across the board. And so I think mm. being able to see her in live action that it's Katie Sackhoff, secondly. I mean, just mm -hmm. all of that, it's like, it's really hard to not want her to have it all, you know? 
like it would be right? so, it would so be so great and it would go along with character but i feel like in this episode they did something really small and subtle but so after she wielded you know it the way that it should have been wielded you know she it was still maybe not like perfect but she did it very well pre, like mm-hmm. precision with the stab like at the end and everything after that whole thing and he's getting up and stuff he just like takes all of his stuff and his guns and just puts like the saber like on his side you know like doesn't even say anything talk about it anything you know and it was just like mm-hmm. man you know like you could you're cutting your own leg using this mm-hmm. thing <laughs> and she just saved your life using it and then you're yeah. just like all right everybody I'll see you later well because like, in the episode of it wasn't even hard for her to fight the big robot with it and i like yeah. i like that scene because Oh, her slide underneath it. That was so slick. I've been hearing a lot of people, especially like from the Obi-Wan show, that kind of Disney has made lightsabers not be able to cut anything anymore. And I feel like this kind of this kind of felt more right with how a lightsaber should be. She was cutting up that robot pretty good. It reminded me actually of Obi-Wan with that spider monster in the Coliseum or whatever. You know, like cutting off the legs and going around. And yeah, that was that was sweet. Yeah. I was just getting like flashbacks to that. The other thing is whatever that monster is or whatever that alien entity is or whatever that is like obviously part, you know, flesh and then also part, but mostly like, you know, can control these different animatronics and droid say, parts and like stuff a, like that. I was like, like a guy's like, is that General Grievous? <laughs> I was like, it totally is especially when he gets up on his on his legs and starts walking i was like dude that's totally grievous you know mm-hmm. even like the the eye looks like grievousy you know like menacing it definitely it definitely felt like he was because he was a biomechanical and so it definitely felt that's like he was, was he was looking for he was somewhat kind of like grievous and especially because it seemed to me like he was trying to take Din's blood. Yeah. He was trying to harvest him somehow, so either that's his food source, or maybe he just needs that to stay alive. Because <clears throat> it was clear that yeah. uh, the that, that he was doing that to other Mandalorians. He basically set a trap. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to ask this. When Din finds that Mandalorian helmet... Especially to Q. When he finds the Mandalorian helmet in the dirt and the way it's pointed, it looked exactly like the Mandalorian helmets from Knights of the Republic. With the tiny, the tiny slit. Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness, that you know that's an Easter egg to Knights of the Republic because in there their helmets are a little different and they have just like the tiniest of T. Like you think you can't look out, see out of the Mandalorian helmets today? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like she was totally. It's like she's just built for the weight because they talked about it in uh, in the episode in Book of Boba Fett, The Return of the Mandalorian, where the armorer is saying it's it's heavy. It's it's you're not you're fighting against it. You're it's. Basically, well, the way I understand it is it carries the weight of the Mandalore people, the Mandalorian people. Mm-hmm. And in order to in order to wield it, you need to be able to carry that load. Which, to me, means that Din is not ready to carry it yet. 
But Bo-Katan has carried it. She even's like, I ruled here for a short time. Mm-hmm. Anybody yeah. else, like, when they when they he first went down and you see the cityscape, all the buildings collapsed and how desperate it was, just get Clone Wars flashback of how beautiful that city used to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just be like, oh, man, that is, it's, to- it's not like, I mean, it's totally destroyed. No one is inhabiting that place except for these monsters. Swamp, swamp people or whatever. What did you say? They used to they live in the swamps or something like that in the outskirts. Now yeah, they just, they just used to live in the outside the city walls where it's not safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I love also the fact that, you know, Grogu, since he doesn't really speak, you know, I feel like anyone he's with, even if they're not big talkers, end up talking more than they probably would because there's no there's no talking on the other end. So I love the fact that in this episode, I feel like she's she's being more open, you know, with him and telling like little bits of history and trivia and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, then even like at the end, you know, like as they're like getting to the waters and stuff, I love how she's even opening up with Din now, you know, kind of saying way more than she probably would to the average person. But it's cool because obviously us watching it now, we're getting all these little tidbits, the way that she, uh, she views uh, the past and history and her place in it. And, you know, the, the downfall versus him. And so it's kind of cool as a viewer Mm -hmm. to kind of see how she views it through her own eyes and uh, obviously, you know, Katie Sackhoff is just an amazing actress. So you're along for the ride. You know, you're not even you're like totally in it. Whenever she's saying something, you're just like in it like, oh, man, this is so awesome. I love I love this episode for everything that she told us about Mandalore. And even even Din said it must be hard for you having seen it. And it's basically it's glory. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, it was in the amount because if you look back in the Clone Wars and you can see it uh, and then just the destruction and like like they even say uh, she says it wasn't it's not even that long ago. She says it was what, maybe 10 years ago at the most. And and then and then goes, it looks like it's been centuries it's it's been yeah. sitting for centuries. Like that's how deeply that the Empire destroyed Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And and when I was watching it, and he's describing Mandalore, and he's like, he tells Grogu that he's like, and I haven't even been there. He goes, I grew I up, over, I grew up over there, and I said, I had to just repeated it before he said it, but I was like, Concordia. I'm like, of course, he, you know, he came from Concordia. Mm-hmm. yeah i love that they did that too because and then also it shows his perspective on it because he was just he's able he was never able to go in person but he saw it from the sky and he even saw it he would he would have been able to see it from the moon so he, when he thinks of it he thinks of it as like you know just like a blue and green beautiful planet you know, mm-hmm. maybe similar to, you know, seeing like the earth from space or something like that. He's able to see that, you know, probably from the moon, even though never being there, he still remembered seeing the planet in a beautiful state. Yeah, because I mean, he was 
a found he became a foundling during probably the end of the Clone Wars, right? And Mandalore wasn't destroyed until at least after the beginning of the rebellion. You know, so we get to see it. We get to see it with uh, in Rebels, where it's, yeah. it's pretty much the same as it looks like in the Clone Wars, and that's when Bo-Katan gets to rule. So it's obviously destroyed under her rule. So and it, yeah. but it's and it's interesting too, because uh, the Empire came in and destroyed him, obviously. But but what Bo-Katan is is saying she hates is not the empire but that the infighting that tore tore the mandalorians apart and being the fact that she she knows that from firsthand experience as being part of death watch initially mm-hmm. and she's seen what that did and that's why she's laying she's like that's what made it so we were unable to fight the empire is we were all different yeah. factions and basically all hated each other, even though we're all the same people. Yeah. I feel like the history of Mandalorians has been that ever since they lost the war against the Republic. I know that's more on the legend, legend side, but yeah, Star Wars, but, mm-hmm. but ever since the, ever since they were defeated by, by Revan and the, the Republic that they were, they were never the same force that they were before that, which is what they were known for is their, their fight. And we know that there was a war between the Mandalorians and the Jedi because we get that in Rebels. That's that's a canon statement. Yeah, yeah. now it's the, a can- the size of it and the the scope we don't know as much, but yeah. that was definitely a Knights of the Republic nod there in Rebels. Yeah, and I, and I think like it it is important to kind of start hearing a little bit more of this so we can start piecing the the canon together, right? Like, so I love that they're giving little hints. They're not giving it all. And, you know, it, it still allows us to have a little bit of our own headcanon of, and is like what we kind of wanted the history to be. Um, but piecing a little bit of it together, I, I love that it's kind of making things fit. Obviously, we know the people behind it are very invested in making sure all of these different things fit and trying to make all Star Wars fans happy. But one thing I really like about it too is, like when you brought that up about the infighting, it is really important to kind of think about that and realize what she wants and what, you know, is, hasn't changed. She wanted all the Mandalorians to be together and not be fighting each other. And, you know, it, it, it all came down to, uh, I can't remember the exact word she put it, but something like uh, they're arguing about opinions that they, like people don't even understand or, you know, or like they didn't even really like understand why they were fighting or mm-hmm. like what was, you know, why somebody was so strong about this or X, Y, Z. And, you know, obviously she believes that, you know, Din and uh, the Children of the Watch and everything are like an extremist cult, you know. And so like, you know, there's still obviously those different feelings in there. If you put that across the whole planet, you can understand why they couldn't have all came together for one cause, which was the most important cause of all and, you know, fighting for the planet and for all the people of Mandalore, they couldn't do that. And so I, I think kind of knowing where that is, you know, like it would be interesting to see Din change his mind about the whole thing. But I think realistically, like Q said, I do think it almost like it makes more sense that Bo-Katan 
we would we're gonna see her story and coming to power versus din because i don't like it just it doesn't really make sense for you know i mean she could kind of help him change but i just i don't really see him changing to the point of being like okay i'm gonna be the leader of all the people now you know like i don't know i just i i I mean in this episode they went to the point of explaining that she was royalty right right yeah that was a that was a very interesting talking about her Mm -hmm. father who i don't think we've ever seen before and we well we know her sister ruled mandalore during the clone wars era right so i mean they went to they went to some some pretty big lengths to explain her royalty and Mm -hmm. i i I still think she's the best fit to rule Mandalore. I love it's, the. It's not only is she an excellent Mandalorian, like she she's skillful, she's knowledgeable, and but she also has that that royalty to her. Mm-hmm. And I, I I loved that conversation between her and and Din. And she goes, "Well, he died defending Mandalore," and we don't know. Like you said, we don't we don't know the full story there, but. Mm-hmm. His response was, "This is the way." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, like he he took a moment, stopped, and you could tell he was doing it definitely out of respect and reverence. But I almost feel like, based on her face, she was like. And then later, when she talked about like doing the the ceremony that she did or whatever, and she was like, "Oh, it was cute," and like you know, people loved it and all this type of stuff. But like like it's like that's not that's not what's important to her whereas like to din that is like all of those things following this creed and being so strict that is like to live by Mm -hmm. whereas she's just like no that he was a great man like my father wasn't just he wasn't just this like he was a great dad basically is what she was kind of (laughs) saying like she was kind of almost superseding like oh yeah we did do that stuff but it wasn't like you know (laughs) it was like more more like a I don't know. Well, what, what I was thinking was not not just, I mean, obviously along the lines of a great dad, but also along the lines of the ceremonial stuff was, was that's what it was. It was just ceremonial. It wasn't important. What was important was taking care of the people of Mandalore. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how how she is, too. You know, like she's mm-hmm. she wants to, to help. She's not trying to rule for power. She wants to rule right. to better the people. Okay, but mm-hmm. here we'll, I'll bring this point out. She, you agree? She thought all that stuff was more or less superstition. She doesn't, you know, believe that there's anything in the water. She doesn't believe, basically, any of those. Well, that, and, not that and that's there's holy water. <laughs> and I mean, that, yeah, she basically believes that all that's superstition. All it's basically it's it doesn't it doesn't really affect her and how she lives we her life. Kind of and kind of read that plaque with sarcasm. Yeah, and but then she goes down and and gets din and technically we all we only know for sure that bo-katan saw yeah the mythosaur because yeah. we don't know if din was awake at all he might have been passed out and so i watched i watched again just a, a few minutes ago and you get a good look at that mythosaur's face it is a big creature yeah and, and, and the, the plaque that was there talked about how mandalore the great was the one that tamed the mythical beast. And that's a great, I love that term, Mandalore the Great. Mm Because that's something you hear about, again, in the Old Republic. Talking about Mandalore the Great. Uh, You, what's his name? It's Ordo's, what's Ordo's first name, Tyler? 
Candorous. Candorous yeah. Ordo picks up the the helmet and the title of Mandalore. And that's that's something that I think we're gonna get either we're either gonna get Bo or we're gonna get Din as Mandalore the Great. That's the title they're gonna they're gonna take at some point. And see, that's almost where I'm where my kind of point was with her, the way she was reading it. She didn't really believe in that, but almost seeing that she's maybe realizing that it's maybe real that she's realizing that this folklore is not is there's truth to it and so maybe she starts to believe in the creed a little bit more Mm -hmm. yeah i I just uh it's just yeah it's really tough like if if you just like think it all the way through too is you know, obviously everybody likes an underdog in most stories, but it's just he Din is so like into, you know, like following, you know, he, he's just he, he doesn't. It's kind of strange because there's moments where you're like, oh, man, you know, he took control of this situation or that situation. But like as a person, he's like not he's not a leader, whereas like Bo-Katan is like she just in everything she does is like leader material you know so it's like you know i maybe like you said maybe this episode does make a turn even for din too you know and for her you know but like it her kind of stepping back and din stepping up would be a lot you know i i feel like i i think that this whole the whole grogu situation is teaching him especially me now when you were seeing him more teach grogu about being a Mandalorian in the way, and that that has all been preparing him, because, you know, in Star Wars there's a lot, of maybe, didn't wasn't, more the reluctant hero. That's kind of what he is. And but, there's a thing in Star Wars called destiny, <laughs> which, kind of it almost feels like that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. With with this Din, and it seems like these episodes, he's more or less learning from Bo-Katan. Because if if we're going to talk about the prophecies that they, they have been discussing, then uh, the armorer was saying that the, uh, the prophecy was that basically Bo-Katan took the sword without with not through combat and it brought down a curse on Mandalore. The other prophecy that was told is that the the mythosaur would rise and herald a new age for Mandalore. Yeah, the songs of eons past. Yeah. That foretold that the mythosaur rising up to herald a new age for Mandalore. Yeah. And so I think that was I mean that was kind of when I just saw that that was what was featured on the previously on I've kind of got a feeling we might see the Mythosaur but I was not expecting I don't know I, I kind of thought so but it just it still took me for surprise when we actually got to see it mm-hmm. I was just like I was just super excited that it's a even a real thing like, yeah. 
I mean, it's it is, or that it exists, that it exists now because there's obviously bones, so we knew it was a real thing. But like, yeah, that there's still one that exists, and uh, and then if it's the same one, because they said that it, that it lived there, right? Even so, like, is this the same one from way back then? And it's just like hundreds and hundreds of years. Even ago. the armorer doesn't seem to believe that the prophecy. She because she just says the songs talk about it. She doesn't really believe about it because. And according to her words, it makes it she's basically is like, well, that new age can't come from Mandalore because the mythosaur is extinct. Yeah. And so this is like a whole revelation for the entire Mandalorian people. And then this is literally their entire cultures built off of the symbol of the skull of this creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and whether uh, whether anyone rides it or not, the simple fact that it exists and that the folklore told basically it just validates all the lessons you were told as a young person or even the folk stories. Maybe they're not all just stories. Maybe there there's some truth to them. I do so, wonder, like, what happened. You know, did it like grab him and pull him down? Did he just like, did he step off a ledge and fall down? But either way, like he's just like sitting at the bottom of the water down there. <laughs> like, yeah, the I, I was curious like, about that too. Did he just walk off the edge and just sink? And because he yeah. took, because they, we definitely saw he took his jetpack off before he went into the water. Mm-hmm. That was a bad idea. Should have just kept it on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did and it worked. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was like that was one question. Maybe his isn't waterproof. Away with. And then I was like like obviously if it did do something to him, you know, it obviously didn't want to kill him per se because it definitely had the ability to do so. And then even as they were escaping, you would imagine it would have been able to do something or come up out of the water and it still could on the next episode. But either way, I was like you know what did it was it just happenstance that he fell down there and didn't have his jetpack to swim back up because Beskar's super heavy, you know, wearing a whole suit of it anyways, not in general, yeah. but and then you know it just happened that she had to go save him and when she came up she saw it when he's like just peacefully living down there, not trying to eat anybody or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's kind of yeah interesting. Was it just hibernating and growing, or is what is like and. It was kind Did of they wake it up. Oh, that's yeah. a good question, too. Yeah. I mean, if he wasn't awake, you know, when the whole planet was destroyed. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> he, he's yeah. in a deep sl- slumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what its body looks like. I know. That's what I was thinking, because it's, you know, it it's dragon or like, so... You know, is it like, uh, yeah, I wonder if it's like, you know, kind of slender more body like, with wings or. See, I'm thinking more like Chinese dragon where it's got arms and like, like four legs. Oh, okay. Kind of yeah. like uh, the great dragon from KOTOR, my total public. Yeah, that that's what style. I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it it's flies. Like lizard. I mean, it might still fly, but. Yeah, because. Yeah, that man, that that changes a lot too. Like if you think about it, like riding 
like a winged dragon creature versus riding like a a walking uh, dragon a, creature like a, yeah like a centipede a giant komodo dragon thing or yeah yeah like a komodo dragon yeah that's more realistic you know or like yeah either one is pretty cool but it, ju- it just changes a lot in your head of what you imagine you know somebody being able to tame and ride you know yeah, yeah. i think in the how mandalore the great was able to ride it and i feel like that means that it must be able to survive outside of water right mm-hmm. i'm thinking like if you look back at the phantom menace and the really really big fish that he's feeler to fish look like they're as big as that mythiosaur at least right comparable size wise so mythiosaur looks like it could have easily opened its mouth and just swallowed them but so could that of giant fish in the core of, of naboo uh-huh. but that thing probably doesn't survive outside of water so mm-hmm. therefore it's not really a threat to people I don't know. I still feel like it'd be a threat if it could go out to the ocean, but I mean, I feel like that's similar. We need to get some more backstory on that. That <laughs> monster is gigantic. There's always a bigger fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, just the, the lore, and I like how they're like <laughs> taking taking pieces from legends and then, you know, Kind of putting in their own ideas and twists and it and you just kind of don't know where it's going but you're also like okay this is similar this is all the legend stuff and it's just exciting because yeah that just just i i think of like a mythosaur more like uh a really big dinosaur like like the biggest dinosaur ever or if not bigger way bigger and because I'm thinking, like, this thing looks like it could eat Boba Fett and riding his Rancor. It just, yeah, like, swallow him whole. And the Rancor. And the Rancor, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's not, because, I mean, her, they were almost the size of its eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, question, question for, <laughs> question for both of you guys. Do you think this next episode we're gonna like see it, or do you think this is gonna be like an end of the season situation where we see it? Yeah, I feel like I it's... Think we might see it again. But if anybody is going to write it, it's gonna be a end of the season thing. Just like we got, like Towers mentioned, Boba Fett. We got the Rancor in like episode three or four. And we're all like, oh, is he actually going to get to ride it? And no, we didn't see that till the very end. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm and thinking, I think we might see it again, but I don't think we're going to get the the victory riding the Mythiosaur moment we want until the end. I almost feel if we like get it this season. I feel like somehow the next episode is going to be him going back to the armor, saying, "I did it! I did it! I did it!" And the Mythiosaur exists. We saw it. And I don't know if he saw it though. That's the thing. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. Um, he could have. Maybe he saw it. Maybe he saw it as he fell. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I think seeing it is going to change some ideas in Bo-Katan's head, and she's going to re-rule Mandalore again. I don't know. I just want her to be the ruler. I know. <laughs> I love Din, but. There's no mm-hmm. Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. I uh, do. 
Yeah, dude, I agree with it. Champ definitely changes uh, stuff for Bo-Katan. It definitely maybe gives her more motivation to try to reunite everyone. Yeah, another thing to think about, and especially going back to Tales of the Jedi, which we just got recently, what if there's a moment or a connection with Grogu in the Mythosaur? You know, and, like, and he's the new Mandalore? <laughs> Maybe not that far. I but, mean, you know, like I could see that like, eventually because he's going to, He's gonna, he should be able to wield the the dark saber because he's got the force to help him, right? That is something but, we haven't even touched on I, this episode. I, I, when, when 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 he dropped it, the guy that the one eyed guy who was taking the gear off of uh, Mando, mm -hmm. I so wanted Grogu to grab the dark saber, and I know I wanted that fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> Grogu with the dark saber. That's exactly what my wife said. That's exactly what Lily said. Like, or just throw it at him. Happen. She was like, he could totally wield it because you know, like. I think there's a lot of like there's weight to carrying it. There's the skill that you need, but also like the force would definitely help him and mm -hmm. compensate for whatever inadequacies for him to be able to wield it properly. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, he actually could like maybe if he, you know, we don't really know to what extent that he trained, but you know, he if if he was even able to like hold it and do a, mm -hmm. a you know a precise jab into that little guy's eye. I was like, he totally could. So I was wondering if there's going to be something like that. And then who's the one that basically used Mandalorian force to grab it? Bo. Yeah, right? <laughs> with the yeah, with the grapple. Hey, with the gra but this is the... this is something I wanted to touch on though with with Grogu. His uh John Farvro said that basically he had spent 2 years with Luke. That's what they said. And he said, "You're gonna to start to see him learning that he's or that he's more powerful with the Force now." And we saw at the very beginning of this episode when they land in Tatooine and, and he sees Pelly, he just flies himself over there. He just jumped right in her arms all the way from the ship, and she's like, mm -hmm. "Who told you? Who taught you how to jump like that?" And then, and then he does the same thing in this episode when he goes back to get well, one. He tries to break the containment thing that's holding din and then yeah. and then when he can't do that and he decides to run he jumps all the way across the room and into his pod yeah and then well, he, he force pushes the monster too. yeah 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 mm -hmm. and something fell off of that monster did you yes see that? yes i, I did what, he, something he like something there's like a bag of green it? goo i was like i think he did a little more than push him <laughs> I don't know what that it was. Lo it looked like I a bag of green a goo to me, but I thought maybe like that was just... <laughs> I mean, it could be. I wasn't sure what it was. But it was definitely... So we're, we're definitely seeing him grow in his use of the Force. And it's not... Be and uh, also, the first season, he used the Force and he passed out. Oh, that, yeah... And I was wondering about that too, because we hadn't really seen him use like a lot of his strength yet so far. And so I was wondering, I was like, oh man, that'd be so bad if like he tries to like open or break that, um, the, the prison, like little 
thing or whatever he was trapped in, break the bars or something like that. And then he like can't do it. And then he passes out too. But yeah. So yeah. That, so, well, yeah. you think about just what he did in this episode in quick succession, he tried to break the cage that was Din was in. He then jumped across the room to his pod. Then he force pushed that thing out of the way, all immediately back to back to back. He didn't pass out. He got in the into the N one and told the droid, "Go here." Yeah. So even if, because I mean, we know he's extremely powerful. I mean, he can. Uh, what was it? It was the second season or second episode of The Mandalorian where he uh, lifted the mud the mud horn. Like, I mean, that's a large animal. Of course, we know that you can't judge anything by its size. It's all the same in the Force, realistically. Mm-hmm. But just just using the Force took an, a, an, a large amount of energy for him, and he would pass out for long periods of times, and now he's not. So at the very least, he's learning to be able to sustain that. Yeah, and the other thing you think about, too, is like... you. I think all that stuff is true, but the other kind of thing to think about is we don't we don't know that much about their species and stuff like that still. And if you think about like Yoda when when he fought Dooku, basically the same thing happened to him in that moment too. He he was able to draw upon the force for as long as he really needed to, but then afterwards he he you know, he it, it took a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it could just always be something that Grogu is going to have to deal with, you know, like that, that he, he can have a really strong connection to the force and everything like that. But after prolonged use, it's still going to wipe him out. Cause he is still a little tiny tyke. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it, so that was, that was an interesting part. The other thing is, is that Bo-Katan talks to him asking like, are you getting stronger in the force? You must be pretty strong to have gotten all the way to me by yourself. Yeah. And, and I like the conversation when she's like, cause, cause we talked, we talked already about the Mandalorian wars with the Jedi. But then she says in this episode that, you know, they were basically friends. I was friends with Jedi and I fought side by side with Jedi. Mm-hmm. We, we, we actually made a good pair. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she says, you know, also like, something in the present tense along the lines of you know that she maybe she just says like i know jedi or something like that like she was talking in the present as well so i was like you know i i wonder if she knows more than we know that she knows <laughs> if that makes sense well she, she i mean she does we does because yeah. in season two she's the one that sent din to ahsoka that's true yeah so she she knows at least that Ahsoka at least was alive, and that's and that I'm assuming that's also who she's talking about having worked with because in uh, Clone Wars season seven, there's basically them two versus yeah. Maul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is this the first time we we got to see the Mandalorian fighter ship in live action? Uh I think moving. I think it was in the end of season two, but it was just sitting outside. Mm, and yeah. I think took off and she started, you know, they started flying. I was like, oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah. That thing is so cool. Yeah, I love that shit. That shit. In live action. Like it just, it looks awesome. 
yeah immediately when we saw it like all of us and hezekiah too is like oh my god like our lego set you know yes. like, it's just such a, it's it's an amazing built lego build in general but like that ship's so awesome i love just the way that it maneuvers and everything's so cool yeah i just i can't wait till we I, i'm thinking we're gonna get to see a fight and that thing is cool when they fight the way they the the way it moves Oh man, can we get that plus the the N one against some pirates, please? Ooh, I feel like that's not going to be too far away, realistically, because I think yeah. so. I we I mean we don't really know where the next episode is going to go, because I feel like it could go like he's going to go back to the armor and talk to her, and basically say, "Look at all this stuff that's real," and <laughs> and we can change. But at the same time, I also think that how we talked about it could be a change in Bo-Katan's mind of her entire thought process that we might just pick up right there and something might change. I mean, you think about it, both of them bathed in the life waters below minds of Mandalore. So, so what if she challenges him <laughs> for the saber right there? That's the start of the next episode. Yeah. And what if she kills him and then throws him in the water and Mythosaur <laughs> eats him? <laughs> No, okay. Okay. Well, we know that's not going to happen. We know he's not going to die. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> she take over training Grogu. Yeah. Grogu well, turned but... to the dark side and and rule Mandalore just like like Maul did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> it's the prophecy, just like Anakin. You know, there's going to be some dark times. <laughs> oh man. But, but but I'm no I'm I'm but I'm kind of serious like you, I mean you could see some kind of challenge she could challenge him right there and maybe he loses the uh the dark saber to her and then he goes back to the armor and what does he tell the armor I I bathed in the waters I know the mythosaur exists but I lost in combat the dark saber to Bo-Katan. Does that create more infighting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do wonder, too, like, you know, are we going to get, like, the confrontation necessarily here between the two of them? Or is it going to happen back at her place because his ship's there? So either way, they all would basically have to get there at some point. And then, yeah, that does kind of beg the question of, are we going to see more of her? Is she going to go with him to mm-hmm. basically reveal this new information where, and then obviously we know how she feels about, you know, the children of the watch as a whole. So maybe this might, like you were saying, give her, you know, the, the change of mind to at least go there and speak with them and say like, yeah, like I saw it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that sect is a pretty big part of, but there's a lot of Mandalorians in it, so yeah, it could be important for them to be all united. They would need her as well. They would need so, them. yeah, and because because her, the people who are following her have all but deserted her. We haven't seen any Mandalorians. There's no, there's nothing but the droid at her castle, and beautiful castle, and. Uh, because he even asked what happened to the stolen fleet. He, I mean, he's talking about the Imperial fleet that they stole at the end of uh, season two. And but they basically they're scattered. They're they're making their way as mercenaries throughout the galaxy. 
So how how does she get them back? Yeah. I kind of feel like in a way it's like them teaming up could really make the connection at least of the two. You know, I, I think Bo-Katan could still, you know, get and, you know, conjure up a, a pretty good following, right? He, and then he could possibly too, right? You know, so like them together. Yeah, yeah. so so they're going to, the this is how it's going to go down, is they're going to bring their two groups, they're going to make up, they're going to get married, they're going to rule Mandalore together. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. And then it's understandable. And they have a kid already. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and like that is that could be understandable because what he what he lacks, you know, she can fill in. Mm-hmm. You know, so them together, yeah. And then you know they raise Grogu, and he can rule for generations because how long he lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can rule for like eight generations. This is this is some serious speculation here. He already has like a the Beskar mesh armor, so he's a helmet now, right? Yeah, can't take it off. <laughs> they, see, that's what the, they, he that's that's what I'm thinking because I understood. I kind of thought we were going to go into this season with they were going to try to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. That that they were gonna like somehow get yeah, rid of that role. Watch. In the Clone Wars, they took the helmets off. That wasn't a thing that they they did in the Clone Wars. This has to be. This is, I think, a new thing that they've started ever since the destruction of Mandalore. It's almost like they're embarrassed, so they hide behind their helmets. Yeah, but if we. If we ride the great Mythiosaur and we take back, we rebuild Mandalore to be what it was. We don't need to hide ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, and and because because I kind of figured that that because I had read a uh, rumor that they had written it off, written some way with where that basically so Pedro Pascal could show his face more. And so I kind of thought that that's where it was going. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting if, if Bo-Katan's going to have this change of heart and more follow the creed, does she go, oh, yeah, but that whole helmet-taking thing off, that's not really part of the creed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she convinced him that it's exactly what I said, though, that we, she, didn't, she needs to convince him that we don't need to hide anymore. Because they talk about mm-hmm. hiding in the, the, the groups, hiding in small groups. They're, that's what they're literally doing. The child, the children of the watch are hiding, and she needs yeah. to convince them that it's time to stop hiding. Mm-hmm. To yeah. join her, her army. Yeah, I heard stuff about like the the writing, you know, of of wanting to like see his face more and stuff like that. I personally, I don't think that that really has anything to do with the story or like swayed this like the Mandalorian at all. Like personally, mm-hmm. I do think that they wrote in. Uh, scenes for uh, Kylo Ren, though, to be shirtless. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the script. That was definitely written. Or this episode, or or this entire conversation. You just wanted to bring it up again. Yep, 
the sequels definitely added that they're like man how can let's see how can we oh we can have them that they connect in the force and he happens to be shirtless or maybe <laughs> maybe uh, adam driver just didn't finish getting dressed and he walked out on set they're like i right, just go with it <laughs> yes do that <laughs> uh, yeah no oh, that got off topic <laughs> That will be interesting to see, the, like, where they. That was really from. nothing's off topic. Yeah, it's true. True. I could. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we Star Wars has never really been about a love story, but I could definitely see there being a lot of. I could see them. But it is about family. Being, yeah. And that's. I could see them. And them that's what the Mandalorians are. Build the Empire. That's what. And then yeah. eventually, learning to love each other. I mean, how but, many times did she rescue him in this episode alone? She rescued him twice already, just for this episode. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. She rescued him twice. After when when she saw the ship arrive to her planet, she's like, "Let's get rid of him for good this time." That's what she said to her droid. Yeah, I was like, "Is she going to kill him? Is that what she? Is that how she gets rid of him for good?" And then she goes and rescues him twice in in the next twenty minutes of episode. So. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that she's not like she's not a she's a good person, right? She's well. I just thought I thought it was funny because then she's like, "Oh, I'll just take you. I'll take you down to the to the living waters." Because (laughs) I kind of think was thinking, laughing because they took her ship back to the planet, so his ship is at her castle, right? So she's thinking, "If I don't help you and you leave here, I know I'm going to get a call in like a few hours, and you're going to be like, "Hey, can you come pick me up?" Not just that, like I kind of got the feeling that she wanted to see it for herself, just to to prove to herself that it's not real, that there's no there's no power to it, and that's kind mm-hmm. of why I feel like she might there might have been that lingering in her that was like, I just I I kind of want to see it for myself just to to prove and to see him how he'll react when it's not real, and mm-hmm. then seeing the Mythosaur down there. I don't know. It yeah, might, it's it might, it's hard to I, say. I, like. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say she's a big... She's not like, okay, I'm a child with a watchman take my helmet off again. But I think there is going to be something to it that makes her want to to regroup and re retake Mandalore. Yeah, I know re-build. that's obviously... That's a huge deal. But I still... I still don't necessarily know. I, I mean, it's totally unexpected for her. But I don't know if that really was what her issue was. You know, like... The issue is like you going into the water and coming out isn't going to change you as a person in any way, like mm-hmm. by itself. You know, I do think that this is going to be a big deal moving forward, but I still don't think that she's like you're saying she's not going to be like, oh man, you guys were right the whole time, you know, <laughs> or whatever. You know, this yeah, exactly. Yeah. and sacred or whatever, you know. So uh, yeah, like it'll it'll be interesting to see both of their takes from it. And yeah, like you guys mentioned too, like if uh, if he even seen it, you know, obviously that's going to make a big difference. And then I wonder, you know, yeah, are, are we not going to hear any more about this whole story until the end of the season now? If this was just like a huge tease and now we got to wait yeah, five more episodes or six more episodes to see something. I'm just excited because they like advertise like this was the whole point of the season. And then we got this all out of the way in the first two episodes. So yeah. I'm just like... Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I feel like almost every preview that we saw was these two episodes. Yeah. You saw the group of Mandalorians standing together. 
that was obviously the scene on the beach, even though you know, I expected that to be like way in in the season. Got that first episode. And then we got the glimpses of Mandalore, you know, the city destroyed in the caves. You got to see that. I don't think there's anything else in the previews really that we. There's a few yeah. ship battles, and the big one is the. Well, we didn't see the ship battle in the first episode. We got to see Grogu. Yeah, episodes. but there's a there's a there's a couple there's a couple that uh, ship battles that I saw that weren't that I haven't seen already, and then the big one that we haven't seen is the either callback or whatever it is is the Jedi. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's or a true. Six flashback. Yeah. That's okay. that's one of the few things that like we haven't seen, but yeah, but basically they 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 worded the trailers like the uh, the whole point of the season was to his journey to get into the living waters to bathe himself to redeem himself, and now that that is done, we have all these other all these episodes coming up that literally. Are just going to move the forward path, move the story past that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, think... I love I love when we get into a situation where y- you have no idea what's going to happen next, and it's all hundred percent speculation, and so it's exciting every episode to to wonder what's going to happen next. And so yeah, I think having all this happen in the first two episodes is pretty sweet because it it gets you excited for the rest of the season, especially because the 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 length of the first episode and really to be honest the second one i was like dang it every time i log in i'm like come on give me like 58 minutes <laughs> and then when it was like 37 i was like no yeah uh, but anyways yeah so yeah but that, still they crammed a lot into 44 minutes in this episode yeah for sure 